Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Now, I want you to notice both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So when Jesus stood and said, I pray that you be one with us, even as we are one, he would gather all things into himself. He said, I and my Father are one. There is no separation between them. They were one. They are one. And he said that we would be one with them even as they are one. And they would be one with us. And that we would be one with each other. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth. All things were gathered together in the body of Christ. All things were gathered together in the body of Christ. How many knows that we are his body? So all things which are in heaven are gathered together in us collectively. And some of you, when you think about what's in heaven, some of you think that angels are in heaven. That's right. And they're gathered together in you. Ministering spirits sent forth to minister. The word dispensation, in case you're unaware, is uh, specifically a religious economy. And it comes from a word that means uh, a house distributor or manager or overseer uh, in the capacity uh, a preacher, a governor, or steward. Uh, the dispensation is the word that we're defining there. It's the uh, Greek word, economy, and that's where we get the word economy from. And it comes from the word economos. That helps you understand it at all. Uh, the dispensation of times, the times of times just simply means a season or a space of time Gathered together in one means to sum up. And in the end of the world is the completion of the age that they were speaking of. First uh, John chapter 3 verse 5 said, And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Now, notice, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Why don't you sin if you abide in him? Because you are consumed by his spirit. You are literally dwelling or submersed or baptized in his spirit. It is surrounds you, which means his blood surrounds you, which means that 
if sin is committed, it's not recognized because where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And whosoever sinneth hath not seen him. Now, what is sin? Let me reiterate what sin is. Sin is transgression of the law. Now, what is the law of the second covenant? The law of the second covenant is the law of love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, and upon these hang all the law and the prophets. Those who follow after the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. If you're following after the Spirit of God, you cannot sin. See, his appearing had taken place when he went to the cross. His appearing had taken place when he went to the cross. Now, pay close attention to what I'm going to say. That way you don't get mixed up. We're all looking for a second coming, but we're missing what's happening right in front of us. Now, his appearing happened to Israel when he was hanging on the cross. Now, the question is, does he appear again? Yes, he appears again. So then you have to ask why or when. When does he appear again? He appeared again after he ascended or after he arose from the dead. He appeared in front of 400 people. And then he went and appeared before his 12 disciples that we all recognize. And he told them to tarry, but he would return again. So they were tarrying. Out of the four or 500 people that he appeared to, 120 of them believed him. And that's what we read. The 120 were in the upper room in one mind and one accord when Jesus showed up again. How does he appear? In Acts chapter 1, it said, And two men in light apparel said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into the sky? For this same Jesus in like manner shall return from how you've seen him go. Well, how did he go? He had just appeared through the walls to his disciples, so he didn't go in flesh. I think we understand he did not go in flesh because I'm not sure that flesh can get through a wall. In fact, I'm pretty confident that flesh can't get through a wall, so it had to be a spirit body that he left in. And in the same way of which he left, he'll return. He went he left, he ascended in a spirit body, and a cloud received him or accepted him or took him. In that same manner, he will return in a spirit body, and a cloud will receive him or accept him or take him. Now, what cloud? You have to, you have to understand the cloud. It's the cloud that Paul spoke about and said that you are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight that doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before. That's the cloud. We are the cloud that receives him. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, Looking for that blessed hope 
and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now, I want you to notice the, the phrase here, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's scriptures like that that have been twisted so bad that it, it has totally ruined the way we read the Bible. And I'm, I'm going to show you. See, the entire, almost the entire church world is waiting on him to return. Well, you have to ask yourself, can you work a miracle within your own self? Can you save a soul within your own self? Can you heal somebody within your own self? Those of you that have, have been in, in some of my meetings or some of the other ministers' meetings that, that operate with like a word of knowledge or a word of, of wisdom or something like that where somebody will get called out and the minister will tell them things about themselves that there's no way that person could know unless God revealed it. Can that be done in somebody's own self? The answer is no. You can't work miracles in your own self. You can't manifest healings in your own self. You certainly can't call people out and tell them things that only they know within your own self. Those are all appearings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time a revelation is brought forth, that is a making known of truth, it's an appearing of Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now I want you to understand, nobody can be saved unless the Spirit of God draws them. Nobody. Hebrews 9.28 said, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now I want you to notice this. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, if y'all's listening to this, say, I'm looking for him. Shall he appear the second time, this is that second coming, without sin unto salvation. Now, please make a note, if you're taking notes, that I did not write that scripture. I'm just reading that scripture. I didn't write it. Don't accuse me of writing it. Smile. He shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Now, I'm going to define the word appear, okay? The word appear is the Greek word phanero, and it means to manifestly declare or to make manifest or to show forth or to reveal oneself. Shining, that is apparent literally or figuratively to shine or to lighten or to show or to make manifest, especially by rays, luminous, fire, light. 
Let me slow down. I'll explain some of this. Venero, to render apparent. Sometimes people can look at our lives and find it apparent that God is in them. It's an appearing. It's a manifestation. It's a coming. To manifestly declare or to bring forth the truth or to show forth or shining the light that's in you shining forth that happens through love apparent literally it's apparent that he's in your life to lighten or to shine to show or to make manifest especially by rays what kind of rays light rays the luminous light of god shining forth from within you and it comes from the word the greek word phaneru and it means to make manifest or visible let me show you if a miracle takes place that is visible it's an appearing it's to make manifest or visible or known what has been hidden or unknown to manifest rather by words or deeds or in any other way make actual and visible to make known by teaching a revealing of truth a miracle salvation those are the definitions of his appearing now let's get to the scripture that i've been wanting to get to for about 40 minutes okay Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Now I want to show you something. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, it said, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, from dust thou art, and from dust thou shalt return. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Jesus stood and said, I am the bread that came from heaven. He was telling the Pharisees when they said, Our fathers ate manna that came from heaven and they died. Jesus said, Your fathers ate nothing, for I'm the bread that came from heaven. He told Adam, or the people that were called Adam, In the sweat of your face shall you eat this message because you didn't value the revelation that was placed inside of you, and you shall do it by the sweat of your brow until you return unto the ground from where you were taken. I feel like I might start preaching here in a moment. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That word entered is defined in the Greek as attained its goal. For by one Adam, sin attained its goal in the world. What was sin's goal? Sin's goal was to interject itself into the seed and the plan of God that was placed on the earth. And death by sin, so death was caused because of sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. 
Now, the word world, by one man, sin entered into the world. The word world there is the Greek word cosmos, and it's orderly arrangement. It's defined as the orderly arrangement. It's the Greek word cosmos. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Read along if you have a Bible. For Christ also hath once suffered for sin, and just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. He preached to the spirits in prison. I want you to remember that. As long as you live, I want you to remember 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 19, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. And behind that, I want you to think that we are his body. Verse 20 said, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 said, In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, I want you to understand that it's appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. You were born in sin. You were of the congregation of Ish, or men. You were that which darkness was upon the face of. And then you answered the call of God. And by doing so, you judged yourself worthy of eternal life by answering his call. You judged yourself worthy of eternal life, and you buried yourself in him. You killed the old man, literally killed him. And after that, the judgment, the judgment was laid on your life and the judgment was forgiveness. That was the judgment. To those who have answered the call, the judgment is forgiveness. In whom also you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, which is baptism. It's the circumcision of the heart. Now watch Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, 
wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. The law was the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, that was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, and he nailed it to his cross. The reason it was contrary to us is because we were originally designed to be children of light. We were designed to be children of light because our Father is light. The law brought forth darkness. It shone darkness and manifested transgression. It was contrary to us. We were never designed to transgress. We were never designed to be in darkness. We were never designed to be defeated. We were never designed to die. Understand, we were never designed to die. We were created in his likeness and in his image. And let me tell you, the likeness of God is not death, it is life. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. We are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life, For if we had been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now listen, that is not something that is going to take place in a million years when Jesus is supposed to come back. You were resurrected, you were raised to walk in the newness of life, Verse 6, Romans 6, 6, knowing that our old man is crucified with him and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. And if we are in the likeness of his death and we are raised with him and he dies no more, then we shall die no more and death shall have no more dominion over us. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. It's talking about us. For if, you've, if you're dead, you died unto sin once, but in that death you live and you live unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If ye then... Be- Be risen with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and set your affection on the things above, not on things on the earth. Understand that when you read the word earth, it's talking about the inhabitants. Don't set your attention on the things that are happening in your life, but set your attention on the things that are above where Christ is seated at the power side of all authority and all deity. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, understand that when it's talking about Christ, it's not talking about a different person other than God. The word Christ is the Greek word Christos, and it means anointed. It's the anointed one. Your life is hid in the anointing with God. 